1: Welcome to another edition of the View from the Bridge podcast. I'm Scott Trotter, Chelsea football writer for football.london. And today I'm joined once again by Bobby Vincent, my fellow Chelsea writer for football.london. How are you doing, Bobby?
0: I'm good, Scott. Thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, a bit tired having uh, not long got back from Madrid. Um, But a decent trip outside of Chelsea's performance, maybe. Um, It's been a little while. Since we came to you uh, with the podcast, Frank Lampard has taken charge of Chelsea since then. There's been a dismal defeat to Wolves and obviously the drama of the Champions League. So we'll crack on and talk about all mm-hmm. of that. Um, I guess given given the game last night, we'll, we'll kick off with that, Bobby. And uh, I guess, do you want to give just a, a brief recap and what, what you thought of the game?
0: Yeah, um, it was always going to be like a really tricky task for Chelsea, and even the most optimistic of supporter probably wouldn't have expected a positive result at of Bernabeu. It was always going to be really hard. Um, we saw how Real Madrid sort of dismantled Liverpool in the last round. Um, their form, their form in the league hasn't been so great, but as we've seen with this side, they they just producing in Europe time and time again, and that's why they're you know the most successful club in Champions League history and yeah last night was Chelsea went with quite a defensive formation um, sort of 3-5-2 it's what we saw Bruno Salter go with against Liverpool in the 0-0 draw um, a few weeks ago now and Lampard wanted wanted it to be like a 3-5-2 but in reality it was more like a 5-3-2 with how high Real Madrid were um, Pressing and how often they have the ball. Chelsea really couldn't... Their wing-backs were effectively full-backs. Um, Reese James and Ben Chilwell could not get as high up the pitch as he wanted, they wanted to and Lampard said that after the game. And yeah, it, ma- it made... <clears throat> excuse me. It created a lot of space for Real Madrid and sort of in front of the defence, too much space when you've got players like Toni Kroos, Luka Modric, Valverde... Vinicius, like so many good players who can utilise that space. And yeah, it left it left Real Madrid with a lot of spare men and um, they didn't find it too difficult to break down Chelsea's defence. 2-0 is by no means a disastrous result, but it's... You just can't... And it sounds very negative, but you can't really see Real Madrid not scoring at Stamford Bridge next week and... Like, if they had to go first next week, it could be tie over, and it, it was. It's going to be really difficult for Chelsea. Um, there were times last night where they looked a the threat on the break. They they had chances with uh, Felix Sterling, <clears throat> um, in particular in the first half, but it, it was just it was too difficult to um, get the ball off Madrid. Essentially, and great chances to themselves, and when they did get the ball, there wasn't. There wasn't enough options um, in an attacking sense, and that was quite disappointing. Uh, yeah, it, it was always a really difficult one, and uh, I don't want to I don't want to see him blame Frank Lampard for how he set up too much because you know he's he's taken this job um, when a lot of people wouldn't, and he's been here for you know I don't know when he was appointed now, but about a week. Yeah, a week. Yeah. Today. A week today. Yeah, so he he's only had a week of working with with these players and um last night was a it was a very humbling defeat because even though it was only 2-0 the the gap between the teams was so clear to see and yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be a really difficult task for Chelsea to um qualify now
1: yeah i think with the champions league and and obviously the, the recent success chelsea have had the There's always a bit of a dream there, a bit of hope, a bit of magic that you want to see. Um, Obviously, again, between the 2021 champions and the 2022 champions. But I think when we were at Molyneux at the weekend, and that was with a back back four, and we saw how Chelsea played there, um, I think it'd be safe to say when we were in the press room afterwards that there was definitely concern for this Champions League fixture. Um, Going into it, I think... If Chelsea played like that, it probably would have felt like it could have been any number of goals, just knowing what quality Real Madrid do have. I um, think just to reflect on on what you mentioned about the wing-backs, I think so much of Chelsea's good attack and play in recent years has been through Chilwell and James. Um, as you said, they didn't really get going going forward. But also, defensively, as you mentioned, Lampard said um, in the press conference afterwards, a big part of going with the the back three, back five, was to have that kind of two-on-one versus uh, Vinicius Jr. It didn't really feel like that happened. Um, It felt like Fafana was quite exposed against him most of the time. Obviously, that early yellow card, it left him, you know, he he got burned uh, pretty frequently. Couldn't really put a foot wrong for the rest of the game. And... Obviously, that's quite a statement for somebody like Fafana, who's probably been one of Chelsea's best performers in you know the last month or so since coming back from that injury and Thiago Silva's absence. Um, and yeah, as you said, two nil is you know maybe this sounds a, a bit of a bleak take, and maybe says about Chelsea at, but two nil almost feels like a good result. Um, as the match wore on, and it was still one nil, it was thinking. Oh, how, how are Chelsea going to come away with this? Maybe you can get one goal, but I think the scary thing is is as you, you mentioned there about whether Chelsea can you know come and get the take the tie in the second leg. Can, can they do it without Real Madrid scoring? I think I think the bigger question at the moment is um, whether Chelsea can score. That that's four games without a goal again. Um, obviously, this season has not been particularly productive in front of goal. Less than a goal a game in the league. And, and, of course, this, this is not just any team where you need to score uh, three goals against this is Real Madrid. Obviously, Chelsea uh, managed to do that last season, didn't they? Um, but, obviously, they couldn't do it without Real Madrid uh, scoring themselves. So, maybe there's a chance. It's hard to see with, with the attack um, at the moment. I guess... Again, you've already hinted at in your first assessment, but we, we did see Kai Havertz dropped uh, to the bench for this game. Um, Raheem Sterling and João Felix were the kind of front two of sorts. What what did you make of that? Do you think it's something Lampard will do again? Uh,
0: I don't think he'll set up the same in the second leg. Uh, I think he'll have to... I think if he goes three in a back, which I think he probably will, I think he'll go with the three up front. Um, sort of the three, four uh two one we've seen a lot under <clears throat> under Graham Potter. Um I think you'll need more attackers. they just looked Felix and um Sterling last night just looked really isolated even even though they were like alongside each other, they were quite when they did get the ball they they were quite far apart and it was largely Kante who would go and help them. And as good as Kante is he's not that's not his um, strength, it's, go, it's not going forward, bobbing forward. Uh, it, you like to think at home, they'll have more men forward and Chelsea will sort of take the game to Madrid a bit more and try and pin Madrid back to the extent that they did last night to Chelsea. Um, and then, then we'll be able to see the likes of, um, I was going to say Chilwell, but he's obviously suspended, uh, Reese James and whoever he plays at left wing back, Kukurea most likely. Um attack more and get in those positions because last night there was just no whip for Chelsea when they had the ball because it was only in their half if they had a brief spell of possession they couldn't they couldn't get forward because there's also a psychological thing of you know leaving Vinicius one-on-one with Fafana who's on a yellow card very early on Um it's, it's so dangerous because Vinicius you know, he makes some of the best defenders in the world look silly at times. He's, he's probably the best winger in the world at the moment. He's, like, unbelievable when he goes at you. He's borderline impossible to stop, I think. He's, he's that good. Him and Benzema have got this um, link up now where it's, yeah, it's incredible to watch. Um, but it'd be really frightening if you're playing against them. of course. Yeah, so Fofana, from very early on, couldn't really impose himself because... that I think when we see Fafana at his best, it's when he's aggressive and he's, you know, he's right in defenders' faces. He's, but he, he, was, he was very standoffish with Vinicius, for, rightly so, because he was on a yellow. He kept backing off him, which, you know, he had to do, because otherwise he would have been caught in the same moment and fouled him again, because he's that good. He'll just nick a ball past you right at the last minute. And even if you feel like you're going to get the ball, um, yeah, there'll be another yellow card. and you know, Chelsea will be down to 10 men, which of course they were in the end, but from earlier on. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be, I think he'll have to set up differently next week. Um, he, he won't want to go, he won't want to be silly with it and go all out straight from the off because if Madrid score, you know, say if, say if Chelsea play with loads of attackers up front and Madrid score on the counter within two minutes, then it's game over. And it's just impossible for Chelsea. So I think he'll I think he'll be um I think it could almost be a similar approach to what we saw Potter do against Dortmund <clears throat> trade in the first leg by um, that was only a goal to nil but Potter, Potter was quite conservative still. He didn't he didn't just go at Dortmund from the start and it did pay off in the end. Obviously Real Madrid are a much better side than Borussia Dortmund. So it will be it will be more difficult but that game was a um that was a three four, two one and that worked really well. And I think he'll probably do that next week. Uh I I was I was gonna say that the Brighton game might have some impact on it and we'll we'll touch on that later, but I don't think he'll I don't think it will be anything like the side um we'll see on Tuesday that we see on Saturday, so
1: do, do you think maybe somebody like uh, Mudrick gets a look in next week? He obviously he played very well at, against Real Madrid earlier on in the season. And I, I guess there were hints, particularly in those early moments, albeit dominated by by Kante moving forward and releasing players. But there were signs that, you know, Madrid's back line was there to be exposed as well.
0: I think the game last night was absolutely screaming for Mudrik. I think... Lampard said before a game. I, I didn't actually see it. I saw it on Twitter that he said that Havertz and Mudrick would have some role tonight. And obviously, Havertz did come on, but Mudrick never got on in the end. So I don't know what happened there. But it's it's like a very easy thing to say that you know, speedy player gets past the high line. It's not quite as easy as that. But that you know, we saw it with Timo Werner on n- numerous occasions against the high line. Um, it can it can happen, and I think the he, you have Raheem Sterling who's obviously very quick but not as quick as Mudrick and you've got Felix whose pace isn't you know, isn't one of the strengths He comes Found to that out early doors yesterday, didn't he? You know, with, with his chance, um, I saw Thierry Henry comment on it and you know, he's, there's no one really better to comment on it and he made a good point that as soon as he took the ball out wide instead of cutting in, it was difficult for him because if he cuts in then he's either going to be brought down or he's going to be in a better position but he took he took the ball out wide and that's that that's probably a sign that he isn't, you know, a natural number nine, uh, and that neither of them are Sterling or <clears throat> Felix. But I, I just think the game yesterday was calling out for screaming out for Mudrick. The the second leg I think will be different. I, like Madrid obviously will have a high line cause that's how they play. But I think they'll be deeper than they were last night, and you know he he might go with Mudrick because right now. I mean, there's no Chelsea. There's actually no Chelsea attackers who are guaranteed to be playing, and none of them completely deserve it. But so I'd like to see Modric here because we that we still haven't seen enough of him. We say this a lot when we come on, and um, I just like to see. You know, I'd like to see a a ninety minutes that isn't in isolation. I'd like to see a few games uh, so he can really kick on because I don't think it it. It's hard for him to get any sort of momentum when he's just playing the odd sixty minutes there and then not playing for the next two games. I know it's not—I know it's not the game to you know be giving someone minutes for the sake of it, but I do—I do think if Madrid will come with that high line, Stamford Bridge, then I think why not give Modric a you go know, because he's they've got to be the quickest player on the pitch, him and Vinicius, and like we we, we saw the—we saw the speed of Rodrigo last night for Chilwell's red card. And um, to sort of how worried the Chelsea defence were with that, and how much it affected them. Why not give that a go and try and get behind this Madrid defence? Because last night was just very um, well. Chelsea were offered absolutely nothing going forward, and they needed something. They needed something like Madrid's pace, his directness to worry Madrid. Because what they were doing was just you know didn't bother them at all, Madrid.
1: Yeah, I think what would be frustrating for Lampard and Chelsea is with them not offering so much going forward that there wasn't a bit more strength in defence. I think if you look at the goal, the first goal, obviously the defender was pretty weak to, to let in that first chance. And then obviously I realise there's a lot of criticism for the save Kepa made as well that obviously pushed it to Benzema. And then... The second goal, Lampard even referenced, it was from a set piece. Despite them being down 10 men, that should have been dealt with better. Um, there wasn't a great deal of pressure on Asensio. And even even the Chilwell red card, I think air didn't react quick enough to that run being made. And then you question, was there much value in, in Chilwell making that challenge uh, knowing he was among the last men and at the tie 1-0 at that stage? put them under a lot of pressure. I think you can you can understand Chilwell. I think he's even said on Twitter today, he said he slept on it and he wanted to apologise to his teammates and the fans. He made the decision in a split second last night and it was a mistake. And he'll always give everything for the team. we will continue to do so. But just one of those things where when you are under pressure from a good team, that is when errors are going to be made. But it's still going to be frustrating. And as so often this season, Chelsea just don't have any margin for error because they aren't scoring goals. And that obviously puts more pressure on the defence as well. Um, yeah, we were you pleased to see Thiago Silva back, though? I mean, I guess that, that is a, a positive for Chelsea in some regard, though he obviously didn't complete the 90 minutes. Obviously, Koulibaly went off as well. Um, we didn't get an update on his injury from Lampard. Fafana struggled. If Chelsea do go with a back three next time out, I guess... Do you think it'll be a pretty similar selection of players? Kukare obviously went to the left side when he came on briefly, but you would expect him to be wing-back next week unless somebody like Lewis Hall comes in, I guess.
0: Yeah, um, a lot of it depends as well on how serious Koulibaly's injury is because it didn't look good. It it looked like a muscle injury. It was when he was um, running back. I think it was on Rodrigo, maybe, They he ended up tackling and was a really good bit of defending. Um, But yeah, he played really well last night, Koulibaly, I thought. Uh, I did player ratings after the game and he was one of the few Chelsea players who got, you know, six or higher. Um, He was, yeah, I thought he was good and one of his better performances. And it was a shame that he had to come off on, I think, about the hour mark. Uh, I thought he dealt, early on, I thought he dealt with Benzema very well. He kept stepping out and, um, you know, putting him under pressure. Obviously he ended up scoring Benzema but it wasn't on Koulibaly. Back. So yeah, I, I think the back if he gets go back three again I think it will be interesting because there's no as Ashile obviously. Um and if is out then it's either you put Kukarea in a back three or you bring Shalabar in. If you bring Kukarea in then you've got to place someone else left wing back. We've seen we've seen Sterling do it under um Potter, we've seen Pulisic do it before, uh, we've seen Loftus cheek at wing back. Or he could, you know, turn back to Lewis Hall, who had a spell in the Chelsea team um, sort of before the World Cup and a bit after, but hasn't really been seen since. So it be interesting to see what he does with that. So, yeah, great to see Thiago Silva back, um, obviously. Thought he played well. Um, he, did, he did his bit. I felt he, obviously it can be really difficult, especially, you know, as as good as he is and as you know he's a bit of a freak of nature being 38 and being that good but it was even again even him against benzema at times just you know you could see how good benzema was and yeah you i think he was always going to come off i think lampard sort of hinted at that towards a game saying he's managing his minutes um and yeah for far uh, we've spoken about him already I think, I think some bits he did all right and i think considering it's on a yellow he actually did okay Because I I was fearing for the worst as soon as he got booked because he's either going to get sent off or he's just going to, he's going to get, he's either going to get sent off he's going to get dragged off at halftime or earlier, or he's going to, you know, just have a nightmare because he's just loses his head basically. But I think he did okay um, against, you know, just one of the hardest players to face, if not the hardest player to face. So, yeah, I, I think... I think now it's, it's very interesting to see what he'll do next week because we've we got to wait. We'll hear more about Koulibaly tomorrow I'd imagine at his um, press conference. And, you know, they might have assessed him a bit more because even if he was asked last, last night, you wouldn't have known straight away. Um, but, it, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what he does because, if you like I said, if you bring Cooper Ayer into the back three, then you got to play someone else at left wing back. So I'd imagine what he would do if I was to guess would if Koulibaly was out, would be to bring, um, Chalibur in and then play Kuka right left wing back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It will be an interesting one. I think probably worth noting with Lewis Hall, but I, I don't expect him to start at wing back, but if you look at the games he has played this season, it has been against the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, albeit not the Liverpool of last season. He has, he has played in big games. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays into the thinking at all. Um, I think another thing that we should maybe look at is is lampard's subs i think they caused a little bit of debate certainly in the press box last night and maybe a little bit on twitter as well um obviously i think the koulibaly injury one was a significant one kukare comes in and then that the red card happens quickly after that and then i think do we see Sterling briefly moved to wing back, but then Lampard did look to to make subs, and we saw Jao uh, Felix and Sterling head off for Havertz and Trevor Chalobah, and it perhaps looked like you know Chelsea were trying to just shore things up. At that point, they lost any kind of outlet that could go beyond the Madrid back line, so everything was all of a sudden in front of um, Real obviously we we've already noted that that it was a difficult night for both stone and Felix anyway so so whether that was a big miss or not but that that is a position where some people might have wanted to have seen mudrick but with the score one nil away from home I guess you need to look at the context of, of the match and see what Chelsea still could have came away with um we then also got Conor Gallagher and Mason Mount coming on. Those subs were being readied, and I think they were even standing on the sidelines as uh, Asensio scored his goal. Um, they obviously replaced Cante and Silva, who I guess you again you've got to look at that that management of minutes, um, as, as you highlighted earlier. But. When when that move kind of got made and Chelsea went to a back four again, um, something that has not been great for them this season, but there were there were still a few chances at the end of the match for them, and I guess Mason Mount had one of those. Yeah, Mason
0: Mount had a great chance, and it was um, it was one of the best blocks I've seen from Rudiger, of course, um, coming on who came on late for Real Madrid. Uh, I yeah, it was a really good chance. It sort of came from nothing because before that, you know, Chelsea. Understandably, weren't really threatening with um, ten men, but there was a real chance there, and it's a shame because that you know two one away f- away from home around Real that's certainly a really good result, especially when they played you know the, a lot of the second half with ten men.
1: Uh,
0: but yeah, it wasn't to be. I, th- I think Mount did okay when he came on. To be fair, he I think his first sort of action was uh, I can't think who it was, but he took someone out and. That would have pleased a lot of fans, I think, because there was a lot of the time in the second half, particularly where Real Madrid, would just, it just looked like a training session for them. And that was to do with the 10 men, of course, but also to do with Chelsea not being able to get close to them. And Mounts to just sort of go through someone, even though he didn't get the ball, I think that would have pleased a lot of people. Maybe even Lampard himself, Without he wouldn't say it, but I reckon it probably would have. Uh, yeah, and I think he did okay. He had a couple of nice passes. Um, I think up quite well. Gallagher did what Gallagher does, just came on, um, covered a lot of ground and added some legs to the midfield. But yeah, I mean, there was definitely a hint of damage limitations um, from Lampard. And I, I get it. I do get it. And I know a lot of Chelsea fans won't be pleased to hear that because, you know, there, there's this um, feeling that Chelsea should never sort of accept that they're not the better team. But... They, they they want the better team and not the better team than Real Madrid and in the situation when you've got a man less than a team that was who already dominating you with the same amount of players I think there is definitely a, you know scope to manage the game a bit try to manage the game a bit at least and I think if you after the red card I think if you offered Lampard 2-0 I think he probably would have taken it and um, because the the game is still there. It's like I said. I, I don't expect Chelsea to win. It's going to be so difficult. But the game is still there, and you never know. Like he he referenced it after the special nights at Stamford Bridge. We, we've seen weirder things happen. It's going to be really hard. But I, the fact that they're still in the tie going into the second leg, I think I think he would have taken that, given the what happened in the second half.
1: Yeah, and I think. Is it just enough left in the tie to ensure that that atmosphere at Stamford Bridge uh, for the Champions League is still going to be a good one? It's not a write-off, particularly if they can have a good and quick start, um, but it is going to be very difficult. And I I think, as we just mentioned there, Mount and Gallagher um, both had, I guess, interesting seasons, for for want of a better word. Mount just really struggled for form, obviously dropped out of the team, and then... had some injuries uh, issues recently Gallagher linked away from the club in January um, was happy to stay while he was still getting opportunities under Graham Potter of course and his role is is kind of for the most part being that first substitute in the center of midfield Um, I think both well Mount in particular obviously the the contract discussions um, have not bore fruition to an extension yet he'll have uh not too long left on his deal shortly and both been linked to to a premier league rival this summer as as you've reported this week Bobby
0: yeah uh liverpool um who are really keen to revamp their midfield um I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you saw the other day that um they're no longer in the race for Jude bellingham despite uh sort of having a long term interest in them they've essentially been priced out of the move Uh, So they're looking at other options. Mount was always an option for them anyway. It was, even if they had a signed Bellingham, there was a feeling that they still want to sign Mount. Uh, Given his contract situation, you know, he's going to have uh, 12 months left on it when June comes around. And as far as we know, Chelsea and Mount are no closer to uh, reaching an agreement over an extension, despite sort of, both parties initially anyway wanting wanting the same outcome but as time's gone on, um Mounts you know, uh, people camp have got become very frustrated with how far away things are and there's a feeling now that he might look for a move away in the summer. And for Chelsea, I mean if, if there's a player who wants to leave and is refusing to sign a new contract, you're sort of you're sort of forced to sell him because otherwise you 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 risk losing them on a free transfer next summer, and they could still get, you know, a, a rather sizable fee, albeit probably not his actual value this summer. Um, yeah, so Liverpool want to sign Mount. They Klopp's a really big fan, and he's he's someone they think can add goals from midfield. It's something they've really struggled with um, over recent seasons, and they've got a very aging midfield now. Uh, who've obviously really struggled this season. It's been well documented. They think Mount is someone who can come in and uh, sort of almost adapt seamlessly, so to speak, to the pressing style they like to play. We we know Mount's a very good presser. Um, And it's a similar situation. McGallagher, I was told yesterday, but I knew that Liverpool sort of had him on their short list, so to speak. But I was told yesterday that it wouldn't be Mount or Gallagher, it could potentially be Mount and Gallagher, they, they want both players and Gallagher is someone who is a bit weird because he's played you know, a lot of minutes for Chelsea this season but I think he's only made like 10 or 11 Premier League starts uh, so despite playing more minutes than a lot of players in the squad most of them have come from, like you said being the first sub from the bench really and we know Gallagher, I think our um, former colleague Adam Newsom reported on it in January that Gallagher's a boyhood Chelsea fan. He loves the club. He he wanted to stay and fight for his place in um, January. I think there were offers from Everton, is that right? Everton and a few others. from
1: Newcastle and I think it was at West Ham as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, so he chose to stay at Chelsea and fight for his place, but that hasn't really worked out for him. He did start under Lampard against um, Wolves at the weekend, but didn't really work out for him he didn't look great uh he was probably one of Chelsea's worst performers on the day uh so yeah it'll be really interesting to see what Gallagher does because he in the summer as well he'll be one of those players who um will be in the final two years of his deal and Todd Bowley and the Chelsea the new Chelsea owners have made it quite clear that they they're trying to avoid past mistakes that the club have made and uh be more decisive when it comes to players contracts coming into the latter stages of their contracts and Gallagher going into the final two years uh, he'll be one of those that they'll be trying to sort out over the next 12 months if he hadn't or if he hasn't already left and yeah so Liverpool interested in both um tweet out yesterday had some a lot of Chelsea fans who are happy with it. Uh, you know, we, we all know Mason Mount's not the most popular figure on social media. And the same with Conor Gallagher since he's returned from Crystal Palace. So a lot of Chelsea fans were happy with it. So, Not all of them. Some were quite upset and think they should keep them. And by no means is the deal, you know, is it close or anything. It's not like that. It's just Liverpool want to um, sign both and They're a serious interester.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it it is going to be a busy summer for Chelsea. They have, obviously, so many players on the books, uh, 31 senior players in that first-team squad. And at the moment, it's Frank Lampard's job to try and navigate. Um, Obviously, we mentioned that he has been there a week. We've seen a little bit of something different with the return to the back four against Wolves, but maybe... A lot of similar faces to, to, what, to what we've seen before, nothing too different. What what have you made of Lampard's first week? Obviously, two games in charge, not a great deal of time on the training pitch to really inspire much, but I guess a, a difficult job for him to come into with him only staying and, and until the end of the season, despite you know what I'm sure are going to be weekly questions about whether he feels he can, he can land the job permanently.
0: Yeah, a, such a difficult job. Yeah. Um... It'd be a difficult job for anyone to come into uh, in fact like I, i've got nothing but respect for lampard for doing it as well because y- you can tell it's mostly to do with just the love of his club because it's such a hard job to do and it could unfairly but it could damage his reputation even more as a manager so absolute respect for him for doing it uh yeah it's hard to take too much away from like you said the first two games because it it has there's a lot of similar things that we've seen under you know three Chelsea coaches this season a bit harsh to say free because Bruno was only there for one game of course but um, just the lack of end product uh, which was notable throughout Potter's reign through, um, for the start of the season there's a few games that Tuchel had in charge uh, lack of yeah sort of lack of creativity there's been very few you know clear-cut chances um there's still uncertainty over a lot of things you know like for example last night sterling and felix playing up front none of them are actual strikers they're more number 10 slash wingers and there wasn't you know that i think it showed last night that the lack of sort of positional awareness, so to speak, I think that sort of shows. But yeah, it's difficult. He's, he's barely going to get any time as well between now and Brighton to work for his players. I I imagine the Chelsea boys are flying back from Madrid today and then, you know, um, probably a rest day today for those who played last night and then they'll have one session tomorrow, see Lampard press conference and then this Saturday and, you know, Chelsea are in action again and then it's the same thing, really. They'll have the rest day Sunday, and then it'll be Monday, and then Tuesday they play again. So, the schedule's you know relentless, as we know. But that's what Chelsea want because they want to be in the Champions League, of course. But yeah, it's it's hard to take too much from Lampard. I, I I think he spoke well. I think he always speaks well, and I think he spoke well about the issues as well. Said something last night along the lines of. Um, I think these some of these players need to realise how good they are and I think that's absolutely spot on it went down quite well on social media there are a lot of Chelsea players who you know are potentially world class players or or at least you know close to that and some of them are not playing like that you look at Raheem Sterling he's has an unbelievable record had an unbelievable record in Manchester City um, was England's best player in the Euros Uh He's, you know, he's part of the Premier League got 100 Club. He's a proven goal scorer from the wing. And right now, he's just looking like nothing even close to that. You look at Felix, who is, you know, at times shown that he's got great talent, but uh, you don't really see what much else he offers. And I think a lot of that could be put down to confidence. Obviously, Modric when we, he has played, sometimes he's impressed, sometimes he hasn't. But there's obviously something there. Havertz, like we've spoken about how that's endless amounts of times, has absolutely world-class potential but just lacks a lot of what is needed and yeah, there's just a lot of players there who, like Lampard said, are really amazing players but they're just not playing like it and they, they I think they do need to start believing. I think a lot of that will come from having the coach, you know, the, the head coach they need as well. And it's probably not going to be Lampard unless, you know, he pulls out something dramatic and wins the Champions League. And even if he does, it doesn't mean he's going to get the job full time. But I think Yeah, I, I think for a lot of Chelsea fans they just want the season to be over now. And, you know, from an outside point of view, I think it will be I think it will be for the best when this season is over and they they get their new manager in, they have a good preseason and then they just focus on that year.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think having been to the Lampard press conferences so far, when he was unveiled last week, it, I think as he said, you could you could just really tell the passion he had for the club, and he he felt like it's an honour to to represent Chelsea and be back at Stamford Bridge, and the contrast between that and his post match press conference against Wolves, where he appeared really quite defeated, I thought. Um, I don't know whether you'd agree. It was, it was very, yeah, yeah. Down, very down, very downbeat. Yeah. Um, and I think understandably so after that performance against Wolves and then ahead of Real Madrid, he, don't get me wrong, it wasn't you know the elation of, of what he had upon his announcement, but he, he seemed really excited and invigorated to be back in the Champions League, take an opportunity, he really fired up. I guess as you would expect, uh, someone who was a top player and had success in the competition before and then last night... He don't get me wrong, he didn't kind of sink to the depths of, of the tone he had against Wolves. I think he found some reason to be optimistic in that um result against Real Madrid. I think he saw areas where they could be successful against them, even if they didn't take the opportunity on a Wednesday night. But I think when you hear him speaking and so much of it is about getting confidence in these players, um the how to fix the goal scoring issue, it's about putting the work in and building confidence and he keeps on knowing about this kind of you know positive reinforcement he wants to bring and as he said I think he believes a lot of the players have the quality they just need to to realize it and you mentioned about the best thing for, for the team being to get to the end of the season in some respects and get the new manager in uh I think what has become very clear and when you look at the schedule as again we noted out in terms of not having a great deal of time on the training pitch between these games and obviously Brighton to come, Manchester United to come, Arsenal to come, Man City to come. Uh, It's not an easy end to the season by any stretch. Um, I think whoever does get the Chelsea job is going to be very thankful that they aren't the people to have taken over at the moment because I don't think there's a great deal of winning beyond some kind of crazy miracle Champions League run.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's probably what the owners sort of realised as well. When there was a lot of talk when Potter was um, sacked, that you know they'd be trying to get a replacement sort of immediately, and we heard about Nagelsmann wanting a break till the end of the season after leaving Bayern, and you know I think a lot of managers wouldn't have wanted to take what Lampard's took on because like you said, it's it's almost like it's almost just no sort of positive to come from it uh, as bleak as that sounds because it's a sort of, it's a very disjointed squad. It's a squad who hasn't got any confidence whatsoever. Um, and it's a frustrated fan base as well, rightly so. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, absolute credit to Lampard for doing it because it's a brave thing to do, especially coming off the back of being sacked by Everton. Before that, being sacked by Chelsea, of course, he um, didn't have to do it. He could have easily just, you know, sat at home, um, waited out, and I'm sure he'd have got a job offer um, from whoever in the future. I'm sure he still will as well. By the way, I'm not saying this is going to completely right off his career. I think, I think he's definitely still. He's got some attributes that make him a good coach, um, and he's still very young as well. I think he's 42. Um, so he's still very young for a coach and not all not all top coaches go into it straight away and just have it uh only a very select few do so there's still loads of time for him to figure out and I hope he does because you know i think when he gets stuck into something at a club I think he probably would be the right man to do it because he's very passionate he's very he's a very intelligent man and you know he I think a lot, he spoke to BT Sport last night, I'm not, you probably wouldn't have seen it because you at the game, but he spoke um, with the pundits Rhea Ferdinand and Glenn Hoddle and Joe Cole about how the first thing he did when he um, came in was sort of take every player to like the side and have a conversation with them about what's going on. Said it was similar to what Roberto Di Matteo did when he came in, obviously when Lampard was playing, and he said he really liked that at the time, so he thought he'd sort of do the same thing. I thought that was really interesting and good as well. I think that, I mean, it might not have shown on the pitch over the last two games, but it probably would have helped with confidence, knowing, you know, Lampard's a very nice guy and he'll be a player, he'll be a person a lot of them look up to as well. They'd have grown up watching him be one of the greatest midfield players in the Premier League scene. So, for him to go and do that with every player and sort of get a grasp of their situation, I think is really good. So, yeah, I, I think... The term he gets it, he gets for club has been thrown around a lot, but I think that is, there's definitely something in that. I think he just gets football, to be honest. And I, I, he, you know, not long retired from a game, really. Um, he understands the emotions of footballers and the toll it can have, you know, having such a turbulent season like it has at Chelsea.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it'll be interesting to see if, if those conversations mean you know, any more opportunities for the players we haven't seen yet so far. I guess we, we should maybe look at this Brighton game before we head off. Um, I think just initially coming to mind is the likes of um, Benoit, Bariyashile, Karni Chukwameka, Dennis Akaria, um, David Fafana, Noni Madueke. There's still a lot of players that we've not really seen on the pitch under Lampard. Um, I think understandably so, he had to come in with little preparation time and, I guess, rely on maybe the players he knew or analysed previously um, when he was at the club and when he'd faced the club and what, what he'd seen on the pitch so far. I think, you you again, you hinted it early on. Do you think we'll see a lot of changes for, for the visit of Brighton? And I guess, you know, Chelsea going to that game, trying to get a bit of a demon off the back as, as that's the game in October where everything turned for Graham Potter and never really recovered.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> God, that seems absolutely ages ago now. Um I forgot about that. Uh yeah, I think we will see a lot of changes. I, I was gonna say straight away, I think he'll start Albamayang. I uh, feeling he will start Albamayang because you know, um we saw him come on against Wolves. Um so it's clear that he sort of wants to try him. Um, where, you know, Potter sort of lost faith in him in the end. He saw what sort of, you can see that he wants to try him, and obviously he's not in the Champions League squad, so he didn't play last night. He won't play on Tuesday, so it's sort of a free hit in that regard. He won't need to be won't need to be rested. And the fact you know, for all of Albama Young's faults in his play, he's he is number nine, and he he does you know for want of a better um, term, he he knows where the back of the net is, uh, and. It, so I do I do think he'll start Aubameyang. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, it'd be good to see, like you said, Datra Fofana, um, in some sort some sort of way, whether that's from the bench or from the start. Um, Madueke not in the Champions League squad. We haven't seen a lot of him, so it'd be great to see him. Um, but I think even if he is to play Mudrick on Tuesday, it wouldn't be the worst thing to start him on Saturday because you know he's played barely any football. So I don't think he he's one of those players who really needs the rest. Um, Ashile is, a, I think is a given uh, wouldn't necessarily surprise me if Chuck Mendy in there either because not that goalkeepers need a rest but you know there's a lot of debate whether the first goal last night was Kepa's fault or not personally I think his position should have been better for it and then he could have his, the save could have you know rebounded somewhere else I think he could have got a better hand on it and the second goal I, I don't think he should be beaten as easily um maybe it's me being harsh on Kepper because you know I, I'm not his biggest fan but like I know a lot of Chelsea fans aren't either so maybe that is part of it but that is genuinely how I felt last night so wouldn't surprise me if men you know Mendy's recently returned from injury if he chucks him in and then all being well play him against Real Madrid on Tuesday and sort of try and get him back into the cycle I think that's why well that's what happened in his first reign right Lampard he um yeah, well he's saying he's saying Mendy, yeah. So and then it I was I was kind of expecting Mendy to come in against Wolves in his first game. But I, I understand why he didn't because you know it could disrupt a lot um some of the Chelsea players, the Kepler obviously. So yeah, um Baddy like I said, expect to come in. Maybe it'll be interesting to see if he plays Chilwell because Chilwell's obviously he won't be suspended for Premier League will it it'll be just Champions League yeah. so it'll be interesting to see if he plays now that he won't have to play on Tuesday but then at the same time if he is to if he is planning on playing like Lewis Hall or someone then you want to get some minutes into his some sort of first team minutes into their legs before you know coming up against uh Real Madrid of all of all teams um Chalabur might play, good play. I I do expect to see a lot of changes. Uh Loftus cheek maybe Gallagher from the start. Mason Mount potentially starting. I think I think he like I said, yeah, this cameo last night was um decent. And Lampard, you know, we all know how much Lampard and Mount um you know their relationships like. So if if he is Maybe he's got a vision where he starts him out on Tuesday, and maybe he wants to play him tomorrow night or um, on Saturday. Or on the flip side, he you know wants to manage his minutes a bit because he has been struggling with this pelvis injury for quite quite a few weeks now. Sir, so I don't expect Thiago Silva to play. Um, I don't expect Kante to play, not from start at least. So yeah, I think there'll be a lot of changes. Um, Dennis Zachariah is a good shout. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of him but yeah i do i do think uh, there'll be quite a few changes and i think in a way it'll be refreshing to see some different names on the team sheet like like Zachariah, or chucky mecca era albamea etc it'll be nice to just see some other players um on the team sheet and see what they can do
1: yeah and i think i think obviously maybe in the past you'd hope brighton be you know a light relief game compared to real madrid obviously under Graham Potter, Brighton got some good results against Chelsea as well. But this season, they've obviously had another very good one. They sit seventh at the minutes, uh, seven points ahead of Chelsea, but with two games in hand and still, you know, with maybe an outside chance of um, fourth, but certainly in contention for that fifth spot and and a place in Europe. Um, Also, just looking at the Premier League table, this bit seems crazy. Though you have to slightly dismiss that they've played more games than Brighton. Aston Villa are in sixth now, and they were below Chelsea before they played, and that wasn't that long ago. Um, oh, no, I, I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah. So, for all Chelsea have struggled, there, but there have been missed opportunities as well in in this period, I guess. And I don't know. Do, do you see Chelsea being able to get a result against Brighton? Do, do you see them being able to score a goal?
0: God, um, it's crazy to even ask that question when you're playing, you know, Brighton at home. But Brighton have been so good this season, and it's credit to how well-run the club is. You know, they they got rid of Potter and replaced replaced him with um, Deserbi, you know, quite quite soon after as well. And he's just done. He's, you know, he's exceeded expectations. He's taken them to a different level to what they were under Potter almost. Um, yeah, they've got some fantastic players. You know, like uh, Mitoma just looks like, where did he come from sort of person, and he's, he's now going to have much like plenty of interest in him in the summer. Um, they've got McAllister, who's obviously a great player. Caicedo, both players who've been wanted by Chelsea. They've got a really good defence, good goalkeeper. You know, they're, they're just a really, really good team, and it's, they're a good team to watch as well. They're, I think I think they're a popular team in the Premier League, quite a lot of um you know, neutral fans quite like watching them. So yeah, the, uh, Chelsea are really gonna have their work cut out at Stamford Bridge against them. And I, I, I'm saying about making changes and everything. Like you know, like Chelsea can afford to make changes and still win, but it's not that. It's it's just it is to just rest for Real Madrid. And I, I think the Premier League's gone now. Chelsea aren't going to get relegated, but they're not going to they're not going to get top four. There's even an argument to be made. Do you want Europa League if you're not, you know, would you just rather not play Europe next season under a new manager and have more time to prepare? There's, there's definitely benefits in that. Um, So I, do, I just think Chelsea, as weird as it sounds, take this game as a free hit almost and just, you know, try something new, try some new players. Get Lampard get more of a feel of, you know, what players he has in his squad because a lot of these players he's not seen play football yet so can i see chelsea getting something I well, yeah obviously can we don't we don't know what's going to happen like we don't know what chelsea are going to show up it's just hard it's hard, <laughs> to, hard to even imagine them scoring a goal at the moment uh, I, I i think they'll draw i think i reckon they'll score i reckon it'll be a one-all draw i think like i said i think you'll start albami and i kind of i almost expect albami to score for some reason but Yeah, so I'll go for like a one-all draw, but it's going to be really difficult for Chelsea. And as bad as it sounds, I don't think a one-all draw is that bad of a result, really. When you look at how good Brighton have been this season, how poor Chelsea have been, and the circumstances right now of, you know, sandwiched in between Real Madrid games. Yeah, so I I think a draw is almost as good as you can hope for, which sounds ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and I think on that, I'm not sure whether it's a positive or negative note <laughs> we'll we'll end the podcast there for this week um, we'll be back again next week but of course we'll have all the coverage from Frank Lampard's press conference tomorrow and the game this weekend as Chelsea try to find a win and a goal um, ahead of that Real Madrid match at Stamford Bridge on Tuesday um, thank you very much for joining me once again Bobby thank you everybody listening for listening in. Please do leave a review if you liked what you've heard. And you know, make sure to subscribe. Um so thanks a lot and we'll catch you next time.